Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Justin O.D. Show podcast. I'm your host, Justin O.D. Show, and this is the show where we explore all types of different creative storytellers, visual artists, hustlers, all that. And we're in New York. This is my first time in the city, and who else better to meet with than who's sitting across from me? I have Nicholas Heller with me, a.k.a. you might also know him as New York Nico. You might also maybe know him as Ricky Shabazz if you're a true fan. Uh, And he's doing a lot of cool stuff around New York, a lot of video work, some documentary style, some commercial work. He has his own production company, Heller Films. And I think, I don't want to butcher it too much, so what did I leave out? Oh, yeah, he's working on his new Facebook watch thing, which is really cool. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for meeting me so soon as soon as I landed. Of course, man. He's the unofficial talent scout of New York. Soon to be official. Soon to be official. What makes it official? I don't know. I'm just trying really hard. Uh, (laughs) I'm hoping that de Blasio or whoever, any of the other forces, see my Instagram and, you know, say to themselves, you know what? He should be the official talent scout. I think so, because you find a lot of cool characters. Um... Would I be? They find me. That's true. I don't true. find them. So I want to kind of get into how you got into video in general. Mm. Um, take it back a little bit to your past and like your upbringing. And then like, because all this kind of, like you said, they found you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of crazy stuff has been happening for you in the past year, I'd say, right? Yeah, totally. Um, well, I would say what grade was it ninth grade um i started getting into filmmaking um actually no now you know wait were you Backtrack. born in new york i was born in new york okay. i was born in union square um whenever i say that i don't know if you're familiar with Union I Square. i kind of familiar with what it is but you know whenever i tell somebody that who's just moved here you know is familiar with the city they're like what you you live you grew up in union square yeah i grew up in union square Grew up on 16th Street between 5th and 6th Avenue. I guess it's right off of Union Square, but if I had to give it a, uh, a neighborhood name, I would say Union Square, not Chelsea, Union Square. Um, so I grew up there, went to uh, went to school in the village. Um, then I went to college in Boston, came back to New York afterwards, did the L.A. thing for like six months and then came back to New York. So, you know, I'd say 95% of my life has been in New York. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, in ninth grade, I started making movies, um, little films in my uh, high school filmmaking class. Um, and I went to a progressive art school in the village. Um, it was like the most liberal school you could ever imagine. It was founded by a lesbian. Um, you know, we had like super progressive courses. Um, and they basically allowed you to do anything in the name of art. So me being like this kind of fucked up ninth grader, uh, (laughs) decided to push the envelope as far as I could. Um, so I, I would make films about like rape and pedophilia, essentially snuff films in ninth grade, ninth and 10th grade. And the reason why I was doing this is because I just wanted to shock my teachers and see like what I could get away with. So, like, I made a film called Girl Gets Raped, Thanks MySpace, and in it, I have, like, this serial killer who rapes this girl in a in our cafeteria um, refrigerator, and there was no, like, real message or anything. It was just strictly for shock value. Yeah. And, um, you know, I did that for the four years that I was in high school. Uh, never, never got in trouble for it, so... I, I will guess I was able to push the envelope as far as I possibly could. Um, and then uh, I went to Emerson College for film. And then while I was in college, I kind of like realized that, you know, not everything needs to be a snuff film. <laughs> um, I also r- recognized that I was kind of like scaring my parents a little bit. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I just grew out of it. Um, and I started making uh, music videos uh, my my junior year um, for underground rap artists. And this was around the time that the Canon 7D came out. 
So um, I got my hands on one and just went out like every day and would shoot. Um, you know, I, I didn't really have any friends in the film program um, because I kind of thought they were dorks. So I uh, used my, my friends who are in like, you know, uh, advertising and marketing and whatever uh, to, to be my crew. Um, which kind of just meant they would like lug stuff around while I shot everything. And, um, you know, I wasn't a great cinematographer, wasn't a great director, but, uh, I kind of like used this amateur aesthetic, um, in a way so that like it kind of made sense. So like a lot of my early stuff was from the point of view of a cameraman or the point of view of a surveillance camera or something like that. So like it looked like shit. (laughs) <laughs> but it was supposed to look like shit. And, um, yeah, so I, I remember the first music video I ever did was for this uh, artist, rap artist named C. Ray's Walls. And the whole thing, it was one shot, well, it was two shots, but it was made to look like one shot um, of this guy just running down a, uh, a train track. Um, and it's from the point of view of, of, of him. Um, and... Uh, I can't. I can't really explain the video. Is it um, still up? On it's still like up. Vimeo? So I would suggest just take a look at it for yourself. Um, and then uh, that video was like very. It, what year was it? It was like 2010, I think. And um, hip hop videos at the time were just like you know a dude like rapping in front of a brick wall or a bodega or something. Uh, so this was like very unique at the time. Um, so it got a lot of attention. And, you know, all these underground rappers started hitting me up for videos and kind of just took off from there. Um, So I did videos for, I know you said you saw the one that I did. Actually, I did a few for him, but I did a couple for Watsky. Yeah. Um, And just like a a bunch of just like random rappers who were either from Boston where I went to school uh, or was were passing through and they would pay me like anywhere from a hundred to $200 to make their music video. And, yeah. Um, so then by the time I graduated, uh, I, I continued doing music videos and, uh, moved out to LA eventually cause I thought I was going to like become the next type Williams. But while I was out there, I realized that I was, you know, just another fucking <laughs> cook in the kitchen. Is that the expression? I haven't heard that one, but it no, makes, I, I was just exactly another, uh, oh no, I was just another pitcher in the bullpen. I think, I think that's million. one that I've heard before that I liked. Uh, but yeah, no, I was just like one of a billion fucking music video directors who were more talented than I was. So, uh, while I was out there, I was just like, you know, my dreams were crushed. Um, I didn't have a driver's license because I was born and raised here in, in New York where you don't need one. Yeah. Um, so I, took my driving test. I failed three times. Was it three? It was actually four times, four times I failed. Um, you know, was super anxious while I was out there, had to share a room with a kid. Like it was terrible. So after six months, I moved back to New York feeling super defeated. You know, I was like 24, I think I had to move back in with my parents and I didn't know what I was going to do for a living. Cause I was so set on being the next type Williams. Um, so one day I just went to Union Square Park, was sitting there, was just like kind of figuring out what I was going to do with my life. And, uh, while I was thinking, I saw this guy who I'd seen around the neighborhood for the past 15 years. Um, he was this really tall guy with white guy with dreadlocks who carried around a big sign that says the six foot seven Jew will freestyle rap for you. And, uh, I kind of considered him a celebrity cause I'd seen him all over and he was always the center of attention. Um, but I never, you know, I was, I, I was kind of shy up until around this time. Um, so I never spoke to him, but I used this super low point in my life as an opportunity to go and talk to him. Um, so we started chatting and he ended up being a really cool guy. And, um, you know, he was, we had a conversation, a great conversation for like two hours. And by the end of our conversation, I, uh, just asked him if he'd be willing to let me make a documentary about him. And I'd never made a documentary before, uh, but something just inspired me to ask him. He said, yes. So I made this documentary and then I realized that I could do this sort of thing for 
a bunch of New York City street characters. Um, so long story short, I did another one and then ended up getting financing to make an eight episode series, which allowed me to like focus on that full time. And then I did another season of it, which was another eight episodes. And then, you know, I kind of had like enough work under my belt to show that I knew how to make documentaries and, you know, documentaries and branded content kind of go hand in hand. So I started doing branded content and making money off of that. And then the branded content turned into commercials. Um, and, you know, as you may or may not know, commercials pay very, very well and are few and far between. So um, while I was doing these commercials, I had a lot of time to just like do something for fun. And because because I kind of like New York kind of saved me after coming back from L.A. and being in like this deep, dark depression um, and not knowing what I was going to do for a living, it saved me because you know, I, I took this series about New York city street characters and like, you know, being, being this guy who's like uncovering forgotten New York city. I, I took that and kind of like made it my thing. Um, and that took me out of this dark place that I was in. So New York like really saved me. Yeah. Um, so, uh, when I started having this free time to kind of just like find another project, that's when New York Nico kind of was birthed. Um, and, you know, the, the series that I was doing, it was called Know Your City and Oh, oh Your City. Ask, yeah. yeah. What was that series? Yeah. And who it's financed called, it? Um, a friend of mine who actually used to finance a lot of my music videos okay. um, back in the day because he had a, a small uh, record label. And was there like, was that like just generosity or was there something um no i mean you know we we were able to sell it uh so he made some money back but i think it was more just to like kind of like get something under his belt and my belt so oh okay yeah yeah um but anyway uh what was i saying oh yeah so you said you just so yeah so i the you know the know your city stuff was great like i I look back on it now and it sucks just because it was like you know, I was shooting all of it by myself and it was, I, it was literally just me and a camera. Was it, was that like mobile still or was that like more traditionally shot? I was, no, it was like on my 7D, just kind oh. of in the same way that I was shooting those low budget music videos, I was shooting this. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, since then I've learned to work with crews and, you know, stuff like that. So I look back on it and I'm like, damn, this shit sucked, but that's besides the point. I, it was great at the time. And, um, I really thought that it was, you know, the characters that I was, I was uncovering were so fascinating. Um, and I w- it was kind of a shame because the videos didn't get as many views as I was hoping, you know, like they would get anywhere from like 2000 to 10,000 views. One of them went like super viral. Well, not super viral, but it got like 200,000 views on, and on Instagram. N- no, this was, this was oh, on, the, on know your know city. Your so, um, but anyway, I was, I was kind of discouraged by that. So I was thinking to myself, like, what can I do so that it can reach a bigger audience? And then I realized that, um, you know, Instagram had just introduced 60 second videos. Yeah. So I realized that I could kind of take that concept of just, discovering street characters and bring it to Instagram and start a page where I kind of just like focused on that and you know didn't don't have any cuts just have it be like kind of raw in your face video shot on my cell phone um, of interesting characters and you know some of them reoccur some of them it's just like a one-time thing but uh, that that's when it started to catch on Um, and you know over the past year it's kind of just been like skyrocketing um and it's been it's been really nice because i have the instagram uh which is just like i don't have to worry about making money off of it um just have fun with it and then i have like the heller films uh or just like you know commercial stuff um which is kind of how i make my money and and yeah so yeah. Which I think a lot of people might not know that because I first like, entered the funnel through the New York Nico page mm-hmm. and through like just like the random cell phone vids. Yeah. And only when I did a little bit further digging, probably digging that most people won't bother to do, did I realize like, 
oh wait you have like a full-on like film or video production company and i'm guessing there's like a small team behind that Mm -hmm. and you guys make really clean and like well done work Mm -hmm. for like pretty reputable brands like squarespace and refinery 29 Mm and and it's like totally different than the the mobile videos yeah it's it's just very well done stuff yeah very quality stuff and i mean so you have the page the film production for clients and then you also have like would you consider the facebook watch show like a a separate thing almost well that's that's kind of where i'm there's a little bit of crossover um because it's you know it's very much new york nico but it's also heller films because it's longer format you know it's for a, a client um and uh so yeah i mean i i kind of consider it a, a mix of both i wouldn't consider it like a third yeah world that i like a cool know. blend yeah but I, that's i guess i think we're skipping ahead a little yeah. bit um there's so much that you just explained there from like go, coming back from la to new york yeah to so i was gonna ask it seems like the initial seed like going to union square down and like talking to the guy that you always see around Mm -hmm. the initial seed was kind of unplanned inspiration yeah but would you say the new york nico page after that point like you said had a little bit more of a game plan and a mission to it um no because like i said you know um it was just something that i was doing for fun uh i didn't expect it to explode i mean i was kind of i was curious why it hadn't taken off because like people love interesting characters like this why why aren't why isn't it taking off um and it took a while but you know then i think like uh, a few celebrities started following me and like they started sharing my my page and some of my posts and that's kind of when it started getting attention Were they like and then new I, yorkers no Probably, just no? like random really? celebrities like Do you remember like the first one like what the heck? uh like john mayer oh wow um i mean jeff garland has been huge yeah. um a lot of random ansel elgort um a lot a lot of random yeah. people i feel um, like john mayer's really entrenched or like he's really in tune yeah john mayer is super especially on twitter yeah absolutely like he is following like those meme pages yes. twenty thousand followers and yeah he's crushing things. it um but yeah so uh and then like i had a few videos that just went super viral and fortunately a lot of the pages that took it like barstool sports um they credited me mm-hmm. and they credited the the subject matthew silver uh one of his videos went super viral and then something with t-rex went super viral and um so that's helped a lot so let's break it down for people who don't know what you just said yeah like i've been following your page for maybe like almost a year now mm-hmm. and uh for someone that's just getting in there like so you you basically have this what I would call, are you familiar with street photography? Obviously, mm-hmm. probably. You have like a, almost like a street videography style. Yeah. Instead of like a, like a candid shot. It's like yeah. a candid video. And through that, obviously, since you're in the same area, we have this re- recurring, a mix of like new, like random faces mm-hmm. and a recurring cast of characters almost right. who are all super interesting and super funny and yeah. super like, unique and confident in different ways Mm. and like you said so there's t-rex there's matthew silver there's charlie DeWolf, one of my favorites uh and you have an episode about all these people Mm -hmm. on the new facebook watch page but Mm. um like how explain to me how you started having a cast of recurring characters almost um i mean it wasn't planned it's just like they're they're people that i see all the time and um you know, I've either befriended them and then started filming them or started filming them and then befriended them. Like T-Rex, I befriended and then started filming him. Matthew Silver, I started filming him and then befriended him. Um, and they're just, you know, I'm I'm just drawn to unusual, fascinating, 
confident people um, who kind of, I hate saying this because this is how everyone describes my work, but it is kind of true is like people that make up the fabric of New York, um, people that keep it interesting. You know, like if, if they weren't around, this place would be very boring. Um, those are the people that I kind of like keep my eye out for. Um, and you know, they're all different walks of life. Like, you know, Charlie, the most of the people are, are performers in some right. Um, I wonder how you met Charlie. Well, Charlie, I, I've heard how you met like Matthew Silver yeah. in your other podcast, which you did a right. you did a great episode with uh, on the uh, a Tink, Tinker podcast. Mm-hmm. It was called. So I, I recommend everyone listen to that too. But I, I want to know how you met Charlie. <laughs> so Charlie uh, is is unlike a lot of the other people that I film because he is not a performer. He doesn't necessarily have any sort of talent. He's not very confident. Um, he's just like the 71 year old, uh, miserable, uh, Italian American who lives in Williamsburg. Um, and I (laughs) met him through, uh, the Panini shop, um, which is a, um, sandwich shop in Williamsburg. So for those who don't know, Williamsburg is like undergoing gentrification it has been going under gentrification for quite some time um but it used to be just like you know this particular area used to be a lot of italian americans um and you know since the gentrification of this neighborhood a lot of like the mom and shop pop mom and pop shops and like you know um like italian uh food places and what have you markets uh, have shut down to make way for like, you know, hipster bars and coffee shops and stuff. But there are a few shops and restaurants that remain, the Panini shop being one. So it's been around for like 30 years. And Charlie the Wolf has been going there for 30 years. And um, the reason why I, I would, you know, hang out at the Panini shop is because there's, it, it attracts these types of people. It attracts like the OG Williamsburg <laughs> cats, you know. Um, and I befriended, uh, the, the son of, Pani- of, uh, Anthony and son Sabino. Um, so I would go there and just like chill. Is that the and- Panini shop, Anthony and sons? Yes. Um, so I, I would just chill there and he would introduce me to a lot of the OGs and, you know, I had a lot of fun <laughs> there and I would film some of them, but none of them would like ever really reoccur. And then one night Charlie came through and <laughs> the first video I ever got of him was just him coming through and then the whole entire panini shop just giving him shit and he would just gave it right back you know like they would be like charlie you fuck up like what are you doing back here blah 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 and charlie just starts going off on them calling them grease balls and like all these names and stuff like that and uh yeah and so i knew immediately that this guy was going to be a star and um sabino you know sabino had been talking to me about him for a while because he knew i was going to love him um and yeah he just comes to the panini shop every day yeah a few times a day um so we we became homies and um yeah he's he's a he's a great guy and i just uh interviewed him for the facebook watch show uh, which is called new york's got talent it's a spin-off of a talent show that i had um a few months ago that jeff garland hosted um where I had like a bunch of my the characters or the the folks from my Instagram come through and just like perform. Yeah. Um so I, you know, it it went over really well and people really loved the name and like the iconography of it. So I was just like, you know what? Let's turn this into a a, a interview show. How how did Jeff Garland get involved? Like he, he fo- it was from first following Yeah, you? he followed me on Instagram. He said that um there was a video I took of Matthew Silver that he said caught his attention he says it's the the best video on the internet it was uh matthew silver and for those who don't know matthew silver he's um he's a performance art he, i would say he's probably the most popular performance artist in new york city which means he's the most uh popular performance artist in the world um <laughs> there's so he's many probably mo- the most photographed person in the world like street person think about it who would be more photographed than like a street character, not a celebrity, a street character. In New York. Not to say he's not a celebrity, because he is a celebrity in my <laughs> eyes, but you know what I'm saying. He's him and Larry the Birdman, 
who I haven't filmed as much anymore, but I love that video. Yeah, he's great. Uh, they're probably the two most photographed people in the world. I was gonna say for but, anyone. But I'm listen- sorry, not most photographed people. The most photographed street people in the world, which is probably up there on the ranking of most yes, photographed. Yes, exactly. But well, I'll- you know, obviously like the Kardashians and, and uh, them, yeah. but. Uh, anyway, what was I saying? Yeah. So yeah, so uh, Matthew Silver. Um, what was I saying about Matthew? I, I want to. Oh yeah, the video. Yeah. So the video. Um, so he's like this street performer, kind of like a he, he refers to himself as like a a joker, like a modern day joker. Um, you know, he'll go around and like dance in a woman's bathing suit and play with all these props and, uh, you know, it sounds like a crazy description if you don't know who he is but that kind of is it is kind his, of crazy you know, and he preaches love like that's yeah. his whole thing is, is love and it's it's a great message and he inspires a lot of people but um in the video you know he's doing his thing being being all wacky and uh then i pan to these kids who are getting out of preschool and they're on one of those like little leashes leashes or whatever and uh each one of them has like a different expression on their face. Like one is like, like just shocked and another is grossed out and another is like really into it. And then another is like, looks like he's crying. And, um, yeah, so that's the video that kind of caught the attention of Jeff. And then Jeff reached out to me on Instagram. He slid into the DMS and we linked up the next time he was in the city. I was going to just mention like for anyone listening who is not familiar there's probably so many you like, probably just have to have the instagram out while you're listening to this right uh i'm gonna like link a whole bunch of stuff in the description but i was gonna say just like a funny thing that like you need a whole wikipedia page to understand yeah. like all the characters and the cast it's and true. like the the set and obviously it's not like it's reality it's not like a yeah. show but <laughs> like i think if you just follow your page for a while you slowly start to like get it and that's yeah. what happened with me i I've checked out your page. I trusted this kid's taste. So mm-hmm. I, and it was interesting. It was kind of fascinating. Shout out Jackie Radinsky. Yeah. Shout out to Jackie. This is like your podcast. You made this happen kind of, <laughs> but, um, I, uh, like I didn't get it at first. And then I, I slowly, as I just lived with it for a couple mm-hmm. months, I was like, Oh, I get it. Oh, there's that kid. Yeah, yeah. Plus I wasn't in New York. Damn, It took either. you a couple months. I don't know if it was a couple months, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like a couple, like no, that's cool though. I, I I hope that it takes longer for people. Well, because I'm not a New Yorker either, sure. so not only like do I have to familiarize myself with the faces and also the places yeah. and the culture, and so it like I I had to learn everything. Right. And I was reading something that says like you can only keep track of so many people at a time within mm. a group. I think like what happens is once I know you and I know this person, and I know this person, it's not that I just need to know three people. I need to know, like, uh, three to the third or whatever Mm. relationships. Like, I need to know how you and him get along. I need to know how him and him get along. I need to know how me and him get along. And, like, so the dynamic of a four-person group is actually, like, 16 different relationships. Right. If I did the math right, I probably butchered it. You get what I'm saying? So it takes time to, like... Yeah understand all these things but um maybe someone out there can set up like a wiki a wiki uh new york yeah but uh so jeff garland reached out to you did he bring up the idea of hey we should do some sort of did you already have talent scout in your bio or yeah like, was that already your moniker no so what happened was um my buddy derek was uh curating these events uh at this venue um in the uh on the lower east side and uh he asked if i wanted to like do some sort of show um or screening or something and at first i thought i would you know make a film or something and and screen it but then uh i i just thought that it would be lame like i wanted to do something different um and then i had the idea to do a talent show because i have all this talent that's my thing you know, why not get everyone together in, in one place and have a talent show? Um, and I hit up Jeff uh, just to see if, like, he was going to be in town for whatever reason, if, if he wanted to stop by and do a set or something to just be a part of the show. And he hit me up and he was like, if 
give me a date, I'll fly in and I'll host the show for you. Which was surreal to me because I, you know, I've been a huge fan of his since I was like 13 or whenever I started watching uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. So it was just super surreal that, you know, he, he was down to, to host, to MC my, my event. Um, and yeah, he came through and did an amazing job and it was, it was a dream. How did you round everyone up to be in the same place? I mean, time? oh, it was easy. <laughs> really? Yeah. The, I mean, the, they're mostly you know, performing. These like are my friends. Like they're, they're down to, you know, and they, they love like the attention and, um, so they were super down, yeah. you know? It's fun. It's a fun thing. Oh, it was very fun. It was very fun. So then how did the talent show spin off into the whole series? I mean, Facebook reached out and uh, they told me that they were um, releasing Facebook Watch, which is kind of like YouTube on Facebook. Um, and they asked if I had any ideas for shows. And, um, you know, at first I wasn't that interested, but then turned out that like they want to give me a hundred percent creative control and really just do whatever I want. So when I heard that, I was like, okay, that's awesome. I'm going to do this. So I had the idea to just take the, the concept of New York's got talent and turn it into a show. Um, so each episode is me interviewing a talented New Yorker. Um, and it's super vague you know a talented like charlie the wolf was an episode he doesn't necessarily have a talent (laughs) but in my eyes he's like you know what did i say he's talented or when i asked him what what his talent was which is not a question i normally ask but i asked him and uh he said i don't have a talent i just you know i keep it real i was (laughs) like that's a fucking talent are you kidding me because not a lot of people keep it real anymore um and then, you know, I have everyone from street performers, like a lot of the people that you'll see on my Instagram to, you know, more traditional artists like uh, Daniel Arnold, who's a great uh, street photographer, or Claw Money, who um, is an amazing graffiti artist and has her own clothing line. Um, you know, I just uh, just got back from Katz's Deli where I was interviewing Harry and Shula who are doing a senior senior citizen remake of Annie Hall. Um, so, you know, it's super vague. Whoever I think is an interesting character um, and, you know, would have a good interview and, and uh, be somewhat inspiring to whoever's watching. That's yeah. kind of the criteria. And I think that's, that's honestly a super cool, like, situation and opportunity almost because... I think a lot of people listening might not even know what Facebook watches or Facebook watches a thing. But for mm. anyone that's listening, Facebook did just launch this whole like watch page and they're competing with YouTube and they're even like launching all these new creator things. So they're trying to compete with YouTube for video. And have you found that? I mean, I know that the was the most popular episode is the one with T-Rex yeah. so far. And I think for some reason, just like Instagram, because Facebook owns Instagram, like things, I feel like something's going to go super viral for you. Like, I mean, that's pretty viral still. Yeah. I mean, that got like 700,000 views. Oh, was it? Yeah. For some reason in my head, I thought it was like 300,000. No. Even that. But yeah, like that already happened. I just feel like, like Facebook, people can share. Yeah. And it's bound i feel like with the characters and people and the way you do it too is very captivating that like every 10 episodes one of them just gonna get like a million views somehow totally i think that's a really cool opportunity like um i'll I'll link that for sure because most people might not know where to find a facebook watch page but um so after i mean i wanted to get into something too because you 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 said you don't usually ask people what their talent is. Mm-hmm. And this whole time we've been talking about like, uh, you know, performers and like recording people. And mm-hmm. I saw something you posted on your Instagram story a while back. Mm-hmm. And it was if the context of the situation, I think, was someone from your old high school or something had like stumbled on your page 
and they got upset by it. Oh wow! Do you, yeah. Do you remember? Completely forgot about like that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this like, dude from my college. Yeah. What was the context behind that? So it was this guy who was a total piece of shit back in college, which is something I didn't mention because I was trying to be the bigger person. But he was like a total fuck up, like. Oh man, he was just a, a real piece of shit. Did not have his shit together. Um, thought he was the man. He was just awful. Um, and he just like reached out to me on Instagram. Or no, what did he do? He posted a screenshot of my Instagram account um, on his page and like wrote this like essay about how I was like this kid he used to know from college and how I was so talented and you know he really thought I was going places but then he finds my Instagram account and sees that I'm like you know taking advantage of people and making fun of homeless people and you know just he said something it was like there's a special place in hell for people like you like uh just went in and I didn't respond to it and then he DM'd me and uh, we just like started getting into it. And I was like trying to be really respectful to him and like trying to see where he was coming from, but he just wouldn't, he wouldn't listen to me. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I was trying to explain to him where I was coming from, which I generally don't do. Like if someone thinks that I'm like making fun of someone, or, cause that's not my intention at all, you know? So I don't feel like, I never feel guilty about it because it's in no way in my intention. Um, so when people like, you know, accuse me of doing something like that, I kind of just say, you know what, fuck it, like, let it go. Like I could understand how if someone saw like one or two of my posts, they might think that, but anyone who's like invested in my account, um, not even invested, someone who's like spent more than five minutes just going through my shit will know that like, it's that exact opposite that I'm trying to like shed a light on these people who I think are fucking amazing. Um, and I never, I never post something of someone I don't like, you know, um, the only time that I've ever posted, uh, a video of someone who I thought was a douchebag or a group of people who I thought were douchebags was, uh, when I covered St. Patrick's day last year, there was just like a bunch of, you know, angry, drunk teenagers who were like screaming the N word and stuff like that. It's like, I'm going to put them on blast, you know, but other than that, like, you know, a photo of a, I remember there was this one photo that I posted a while ago and I'll get back to that, that kid who talks shit, but there was one photo that I posted of this guy a while ago. who was pretty obese. Um, he wasn't the most handsome looking of gentlemen, uh, but he was wearing this shirt that said, um, like, this is what awesome looks like or something. And I took that photo and everyone was like bashing it saying like how could you fucking you know uh put this guy on your page like this this is so rude you know it's obvious you're making fun of him blah 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 when in reality like this dude decided to put this shirt on you know that says you know i i essentially i love myself you know yes i might be overweight and i'm not brad pitt but i love myself i'm awesome and I'm driven to that sort of confidence, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I fucking, I'm, I'm tired of like, I mean, I don't, I don't really have to justify it so much anymore. Like it's very rare that someone will call, try to call me out for something like that anymore. And maybe it's because the, the people who follow me like get it now. And maybe I don't get as many, you know, one time visitors who whatever, but it's very rare that someone will be like, oh, you're a piece of shit. Like you're making fun of these people. Um, but anyway, to go back to that kid, you know, I was trying to justify what I was doing and he just wasn't hearing it. And it just like, it really pissed me off. Like it, it really pissed me off, especially because like I kind of knew him. Like it's not as bad when it's a stranger, but it's when, when it's somebody that I know who like doesn't understand what I'm doing, it, it, hits me a little bit harder um but yeah you know yeah I, like i said it doesn't happen as much anymore and i'm honestly i'm kind of surprised because it, it used to happen a lot so i don't know like exactly what i'm doing differently um 
but I think there was the aspect of getting it and like for me stumbling on your page it wasn't like I thought you're making fun of people but like I did know that there was like more to it yeah. like cause I mean you it's like a documentary it's like a street documentary mm-hmm. you know um, and the one thing I will say though after watching like a lot of the the new uh, New York Shot Talent like episodes that you've been putting up because the difference with your Instagram page is they're you know 30 seconds 60 yeah. second like quick clips where maybe you don't get too much context and it yeah. is easier to think like oh look a uh, this person's like homeless or right. something, or this person's like dancing around in a leotard sure. or whatever. Uh, but the, and and even them, they're performers, yeah. so they don't show another side of themselves, right. and uh, they do just show like that silly like performer side. Yeah. But then you have like this platform that's kind of sprung up, and with I don't know if it's on purpose or like inadvertently, you're allowing these people to open up another side of themselves like when i watched the matthew silver episode i was like oh okay i get what this yeah. guy's doing everybody thinks he's stupid but yeah. they're yeah. He's, he's really tr- like he's playing them they're not yeah. playing him like because he's trying to as like crazy as it sounds he's just trying to like make people laugh and smile yeah. and like shift the entire yeah. consciousness of the world to love yeah. and when i watched the t-rex episode He's, you might always just see him performing with the drums and just yeah. think like, oh, what's that condition? Or like, that's strange. Or I've never seen that before. But when you listen to, or when you actually hear the whole episode, you pick up on all these different like small things that make you relate to them much more like a real person. Yeah. Like how uh, like his struggles with finding a job and mm-hmm. like how he got into doing this anyway. Because most of the time when you're passing by someone on the street, you might not stop to consider like... yeah how the heck they even got to that point and in that little 10 15 minutes you learn like about his actual condition mm-hmm. um what like his life is like what his perspective yeah i mean have you thought about how you're helping like give a give a platform and a voice to and you guys are kind of like one big family like yeah. rising up together yeah um i mean i I don't go super out of my way to, to help anyone. It's just like, we're, we're friends and you know, we're, we help each other. Like I wouldn't have this content if it wasn't for them and they wouldn't have a platform if it wasn't for me. Um, well, they, I'm sorry. They wouldn't have my platform. if It wasn't for yeah. me. They would have I mean, a some platform. Some of them are pretty big. Yeah, for here. sure. Um, but yeah, we, we help each other, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it definitely feels good to be able to give back. And that's kind of what this show is about, the New York's Got Talent show. It's like giving them a platform to like tell their story for 7 to 15 minutes or however long the episode is, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted it to be for them as much as it was for me, kind of what you're saying about the, the your podcast, you know? Um, I want it to be like a platform where like people are like stoked to be on it and you know, know that they're going to expose themselves to, uh, a much larger audience. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to get into like one more topic cause like for any of the videographers or filmmakers listening, cause you're doing all this fun stuff, but at the, at the same time you have a very solid foundation in actual commercial work and whatnot. And I see this argument all the time and it kind of, like it gets me debating Mm -hmm. people always like think that cell phone or unprofessional or like impromptu type of stuff is somehow beneath like working on a set Mm. and like traditional filmmaking and like being on a professional set and like polished content where i mean you do both yeah so what are some things and like positives and negatives of those two different worlds that you've personally been because you have your feet in both yeah um well it's interesting because like the new york's got talent stuff whenever i shoot that i like okay so 
I'm like hardwired to, to like, I, I need to work all the time. I need to be working on something. And, you know, I don't know. I think it's just a being a New Yorker and having two parents who are artists who hustle really hard. I think it's just like in my blood. Um, so when I'm not like being active, I get really depressed or feel like I'm, you know, not doing enough. When I shoot the New York's Got Talent episodes, even though like I'll shoot like two, you know, maybe I'll spend an entire day just shooting two New York's Got Talent episodes. I'll go home and be like, damn, like I didn't do anything today. Like I, I feel like a piece of shit. Like, I, And it's because I shot it on my cell phone. It's because it was just me in a cell, you know, in, a, in an iPhone. Um, you know, even though I just produced two pretty good pieces of like seven to 15 minute content, which is going to, you know, get way more views than like, you know, a commercial project that I'm going to do the next week. I still kind of feel like shit, like I haven't done anything. Um, and the only reason for that, and maybe this is probably going to help me like speaking about it, you know, like we're, we're doing some therapy Figuring right now. Um, and the, the reason why I feel like I, I, I haven't been productive is just cause it's, you know, it's not like a typical film set, you know? It's not me and my DP and a sound person and a producer. and, um, But like I said, in reality, I'm like producing something that's going to be seen by way more people. And um, yeah, uh, I just, did and I just reach get off and, track? And, and might, you know, reach and influence people. Yeah. Because one thing I noticed about the Facebook watch videos is, or like the New York's Got Talent, I keep calling it, you might do more series. <laughs> uh, I keep calling it, I'm sorry. I mean, one thing I noticed about the editing is like you even use the built-in iPhone yeah. screen recorder to help tell a story and like show like doc and that would traditionally if someone would say, "Oh, you shouldn't do that." It's yeah. like a amateur yeah. like, visually. You yeah. can see the little red bar. It's yeah. like amateur technically, but is it really amateur if you're reaching a million people and <laughs> yeah. and impacting a million people and like perhaps like and the whole thing's vertical shot too, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I mean, I kind of wanted the series to look like I just passed somebody my phone, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why I use screenshots from like any sort of B-roll or archival footage or whatever or photos. I'll take a screenshot from Instagram or do a screen recording from Instagram or whatever and then I'll just like uh place it over the footage. Um because I feel like it just well first of all everyone's watching shit on their phone you know so why not shoot it vertically um and then secondly like I want it to feel personal like it's coming from me so that's kind of how I got that that idea to run with that aesthetic because it's like you know I just handed you my iPhone you have New York Nico's iPhone in your hands you're watching what he filmed you know this personal interview that he captured with somebody and you know, you're seeing his his Instagram feed recording, and so it kind of works in the like similarly as you said, and with the music videos, how you made it work in within the context of what the video is supposed to be, like surveillance totally. camera. And totally, it's like you brought it all back. You brought it back to your roots, but yeah, like in a more polished and blended didn't even way. Think about that. That's a really <laughs> good point. Uh, but again, it, it works really well. Maybe I'm biased. I just like making the point that because I get this a lot, like. I like making the point that, you know, you can think outside of the box and yeah. just cause something, cause people ask me where my work is all the time and I'm, I'm you know, it's kind of like weird meta in yeah. a lot of ways, but you know, I'm still putting together a video. I'm still like making sure I can communicate a certain message yeah. or like, t- like a package it together. You still have to distribute it. Sure. You still have to like, like make it cohesive mm-hmm. and people think you know where's your real they think it has to be like a real like a real real well we need we need clients to <laughs> to under to to still believe that amateur and by amateur i'm using air quotes like shooting on cell a cell phone or whatever that that's no good because then they wouldn't pay us as much you know like if they knew that they could get away with someone like me just going out and filming their you know, $3 million commercial by myself on an iPhone, then they would offer me, you Mm -hmm. know, 
a <laughs> hundred times less than that. Yeah. So, you know, the, the fact that we need all this equipment and crews and stuff like that, like let's keep them believing that they need that so that yeah. we get more money yeah. and, and then yeah. I'll just do the, the, my, my own shit yeah. on, on my cell phone. And not, and not to go too far on either way. I just like, obviously there's still a place for that and it looks really good too. Like you do really good commercial work mm-hmm. and there's a place for everything. But like you said, like the value might be the same, even if the aesthetic yeah. is different. Totally. How do you like when you're recording these mobile videos, especially on the street? Like mm-hmm. I know uh, I follow street photographers. Like, I don't know if you follow, there's like, all these different theories on like you shouldn't chimp or look at the thing after you shoot it or like you should shoot from the hip yeah or or you know like get right like there was a street photographer who got i forgot what his name is but some famous one that like got right up in people's faces with flash Mm -hmm. and got these super up close portraits that are iconic i mean how do you go about that do you say hey i'm gonna record a quick video say something funny or um no it really depends (laughs) i mean uh, I'd say like 75% of my videos, people know that I'm filming them, but it's the way I do it is uh, pretty like inconspicuous, you know, like I'll make direct eye contact so that they focus on me and not the camera. And then they kind of forget that it's there. Um, and then when it's, you know, maybe I'm just like recording someone who's doing something that I think is cool or funny or whatever. Um, but I don't want to like have to go up and introduce myself, ask for permission and then do it. Um, I'll do that candidly. And, um, you know, I, I don't really, it's just my own technique. It kind of comes naturally. I don't really, I have a bunch of different ways. I can't really tell you how I do it, but you know, just don't be obvious. Yeah. That's, that's the most important thing, whether you have permission or not, just don't be obvious. Have you ran into any issues like that? Like, someone doesn't want to be on there or like finds it and says like you're are you technically you're allowed to record anyone in public yeah i mean it's legal but here's the thing like i said i'm never filming anybody who i dislike i'm always filming people who i think are interesting or doing something fascinating or you know making some sort of spectacle or wearing a super loud outfit um and I, you know, I, I wouldn't go up to somebody and start filming them if, if I knew that, like, they just didn't want to be filmed. Um, I think the biggest misconception about what I do is that, um, you know, I, I film people who are, like, down and out. Like, I, I, I fucking hate it when people DM me photos of, like, homeless people who just look like they're suffering. Like you know, someone who's lying in their own throw up or something or someone who's like passed out on the train and their pants are hanging below their ass. Like I've never posted anything like that. Why do you think I would like something like that? You know, it like, that's something that I would never photograph. I actually yelled at someone the other day and I know a lot of people might think it's hypocritical, but there was this woman who I, who I see all the time. Like she's this homeless lady um, who hangs out around Union Square and she when it's cold out she's always in a bank um, you know getting warm and she was in a bank and she was like kind of bending over and you could see her ass crack and I saw this kid and his girlfriend he was like filming it and laughing and it just made me so angry um, that I just like started yelling at him I was like what the fuck do you think you're doing like why is that funny to you like and a lot of people who I guess don't know my work that well might think that that's super hip- hypocritical of me, but I would never film something like that. I would never film somebody in like a vulnerable position like that or, um, you know, cause like that's someone who's really suffering. Like, I don't know, man. Do you feel like just, you're closer in this space that you see when people are violating what you think the like the moral standards yeah. that you follow you're able to notice it more because yeah, like totally. this is your kind of you're like the gatekeeper almost of like totally this uh crap totally and like making you look you could bad. take you could take the same lady i've never filmed her to be honest because it does look like she's suffering all the time you know 
Um, and maybe that's why it struck me a little bit more um, because I, you know, I, 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 know, I don't know her. I've never had a conversation with her. But, you know, if she, if the same person, um, you know, I saw her uh, like dancing, you know, with, with her headphones on or something, like that might be something I'd film because I think that that's beautiful that, you know, someone who is kind of in a, a sad situation like that can find happiness. And to me, as corny as it sounds, is kind of inspirational. It's like, you know, look at, you know, look at you fucking, you know, who the, the guy who works a nine to five has, you know, makes good money, um, is like gets home and is like fucking depressed about some bullshit. You know, why are you upset when like there's someone like this who literally has to sleep in a chase bank every night can find time to just like dance and, and love life or whatever. It's all, it's all complicated. I feel yeah. like I'm kind of, no, it makes sense. Yeah. It's like the approach, the framing, the yeah. context, the intended, like, like you said, the intention is everything. It's all about intention and context and yeah. Yeah. And people like, but like, you know, that, that kid who was filming her ass is like his intention was not good. It's like, like what are you going to do with that? You're going to post it on your Snapchat so yeah. that people can laugh at it. Yeah, totally. And don't get me wrong. Laughing at, well, there's laughing with and laughing at, yeah. you know, no one's going to laugh with that. They're going to laugh at it. Stuff that I do. I hope people laugh with it. Yeah. You know, it's all, laugh it's all. with T-Rex who is screaming that he can't reach his penis, you know, not at him. Yeah. Laughing with him. Yeah. And he would tell you the same thing. Yeah. I think it's a lot easier to laugh with someone when you understand who they are a yeah. little bit more through some of the stuff you're doing. But Absolutely. that's a, it's like kind of a, a lot of gray, a lot of, it's like a very n- unique, different type of documentary thing. Cause uh, I mean, how old is Instagram? Yeah. I mean, are you familiar? There's, there's other type of things that it reminds me of. Um, it just popped up in my head while we're talking. Have you heard of this surveillance cameraman yeah. YouTube channel? Yeah. I think what he does is a lot more harassing. Oh yeah. But I guess his intended point is like that we're all being watched by yeah, surveillance yeah. cameras anyway. But I don't know. There's like a lot of, I guess it just goes back to intention. Intention is everything. Yeah. But, um, so what else? I mean, you've got several things going on. I mean, like you said, you're still, you know, cashing in on that commercial professional work. You're also, I mean, this brand kind of, and your own personal like work and brand is growing for you pretty quickly, I Mm -hmm. guess, like relatively. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on for you? What do you see? I mean, do you have plans for like the next six months to a year? Um, yeah, I do have some things that are under wraps. Um, that'll be exciting if they happen. But for the most part, I've kind of just been like going with the flow. Um, you know, I don't ever, I don't have like a five year plan or whatever. Um, but I, I'm, I like what I've been doing. People seem to be receptive. Um, just just yeah, keep going, you know. Yeah. Where can people find you? I'll link everything to anyone who's listening on YouTube iTunes. I'll link everything in the show notes. But where's the best place that you want people to stay up to date with you and check out what you're doing most? Where should they go right after listening um, to this? Well, you should check out the Instagram, which is New York Nico. And you should check out New York's Got Talent on Facebook Watch, which is facebook.com slash new york's got talent and you can go to heller films if you want to hire heller films for your your next your next commercial um yeah awesome i highly recommend you guys do do that for uh, a gem of a page lights up my feed something i look forward to seeing posts from and stories from but Anyways, Nico, thank you so much for taking the time. I literally just got into New York. What better person <laughs> to like to introduce me to the city besides my Uber driver? <laughs> uh, thank you so much for taking the time. I, I do appreciate it. I know so. you probably, like you said, get hit up by a lot of people. So I'm glad that you were able to give an hour to the people to listen to your story a little bit. Of course, man. Thank you. 
All right, so that was my conversation with Nicholas Heller. If you listen all the way to the end here, thank you very much. I appreciate it. If you want to reach out to me or Nico, send us a message. Let us know what you thought. Those are always appreciated. If you want to find more episodes of this podcast, you can go to justinodishow.com slash podcast to see all the ways you can listen to it. A subscription on YouTube, iTunes, and a review, rating, comment, all of that is much appreciated. Thank you very much, and I'll see you in the next episode.